I'm Lauren Clash Schneider with Clash Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Shalina Kennedy, starring in A Sign of the Times at New World Stages. Welcome. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Wow. Let's just set the scene here. The year is 1965. The country is in transition as the war in Vietnam rages on and struggles for civil rights and women's liberation command headlines. One aspirational young photographer finds herself in New York City and ready to dive into this brave new world. And you, of course, play that photographer. I do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) When you first read the script, what drew you to the material? Well, I mean, I have to tell you, I've been involved with this show for a long time now. We've been working on it for, I guess, since uh, 2015 or 16. So, yeah, I think it's been it's been eight years. And um, I, I just listen, I love I'm a feminist. You know, my mom's a feminist and any show about feminism is one that I'm excited about. So this was one of them. And um, the music is fantastic. And you know, obviously we've been working on it for a long time and the message has deepened as we've, uh, you know, gone through drafts and different productions. And, you know, now the the civil rights movement um, takes up more space in the show, which is exciting. And there's a really good, I think, balance of um, lighthearted fun uh, and great music and a great night out at the theater and also uh, a deeper message that I think pe- will make people think and maybe have conversations and hopefully feel uh, inspired at the end of the show. So I just think it's a, it's a, it's a really fun uh, moving uh, story. Uh, and so I guess that's what drew me to it in the first place. How great. And Richard J. Robbins, Lindsay Hope Perlman are responsible for the original story and the book were either of them in the rehearsal studio on this last time you guys were getting ready to present it? Yes, actually, Richard was around a little bit. So he conceived of the project. And um, Lindsay Hope Perlman, the book writer, was there every step of the way with us, which is so, so great (laughs) to have, because not only was she present, but she was also incredibly open and receptive to changes, comments, opinions, um, and, you know, working on new material. It's really tough to know sometimes when to speak up, when to just let it be and to allow the creative team their space. Um, And as a writer myself, I know that that can be a tricky balance, but she was very, very, uh, very cool and open-minded right up until the last Mm -hmm. moment. I mean, she's, she's just a positive uh, force in the room. So it, it was great to see her every day and uh, to feel her receptive and collaborative energy. Oh, nice. And, mm-hmm. and particularly over these years, as so many various, well, my goodness, the pandemic in the midst of you developing this piece, mm-hmm. over the years, how did the script change throughout the process? Well, you know, I, I sort of come at it from a the perspective, obviously, of my character, Cindy, you know, she has deepened a lot over the last <laughs> however many years, but especially since the pandemic. I think she might have been at the beginning a little bit, maybe not quite as bright as she is now. And as um, I mean, she's still very naive, but she's got a certain sense of um, knowing herself now that she didn't before. And and obviously the pandemic taught us a lot of things. And so I think when it comes to the civil rights movement and to so you know some of the issues of 
sexism in the workplace. Um, she, she's got some different reactions now and a different point of view, which I respect and appreciate. Oh, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. Throughout the rehearsals, are there any major surprises or discoveries that you feel ended up going into the show that we see today? Well, we've got a big one. We've got a brand new character of Cody played by Akron Watson. And my goodness, is he ever good. So <laughs> we... Um, you know, he's a, he's an entirely different character. We uh, he was played uh, by somebody different before. Um, um, it, it, he was a you know white Jewish character before, and then it was played by a woman, and there was a lesbian story, and then now it's played by Akron. And I just think we've we've played with so many different versions of the show in so many ways, but this I think has been the biggest surprise and wonderful outcome of you know, probably the biggest change in the show. Uh, so mm. I, I just applaud Lindsay and Richard and Gabe and Joanne for um, running with these new ideas. And also, you know, mm. just deepening the scenes, you know, longer scenes, getting more into the arguments uh, of, you know, what we're actually fighting for and debating in the show, I think is really mm. great. Because um, all of those, you know, those those three main themes that you talked about, those, uh, you know, the Vietnam War, uh the issue of you know gender politics uh, and sexism mm -hmm. in the workplace obviously is a big one for me and um, and the the civil rights movement those are the three big ones that we tackle and um, <laughs> and sadly you know uh, we're still talking about a lot of those things today and some things have changed and we're grateful for that and there still remains to you know a lot to shift and uh, the dial yeah. has moved, but not maybe as much as some of us would like. <laughs> so, you know, it, it moved in both directions. Yes. Mm, and always grateful to have theater to shine a spotlight on, on that. Gabriel Barr is the director. Yes. Yep. You two worked together in the past. We have. Yeah. We've been working on this since the beginning together. And I just love Gabe again. He's a wonderful uh, energy to have in the room. He's open-minded, collaborative. He moves, he moves things along at a very brisk pace, which is great for new material because sometimes, you know, you get to those 29 hour readings and it's like, how are we going to get mm. all this done? And he always gets it done in a really, really slick and incredibly um, functional way <laughs> that still you know has room for breath but I, I'm always amazed at how he gets things done with very little time and you know it was great obviously in in, in this um, production to be able to have a bit more luxury of time I did the Delaware production as well with him I missed Goodspeed unfortunately because I was well not unfortunately because I was playing Carol King on Broadway and I, I obviously loved <laughs> playing that role um, but I, I couldn't get out to do this uh, so I, I did miss that first production but I got to do it in Delaware and, uh, and I, I, yeah, I just love working with him. He's, he's a great guy and, um, you know, very emotionally connected also to, to what's going on in the piece and cares deeply about all of these issues. So you can feel that, I think. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. This, this show includes favorite hits like downtown, give me some loving, rescue me. How do you and the company incorporate these well-known songs into your own characters? Well, you know, it was interesting going through, you know, years of song selections and going, okay, does this one fit? How does this, how, what, what is this telling right here? And we move things around, you know, Sign of the Times now opens the show where it used to be the opening of Act Two. Give Me Some Lovin' was in a completely different spot. I Couldn't Live Without Your Love. Like so, these are some of my all-time favorite songs. 
So it's interesting how the, I mean, it's a bit like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a Jenga, <laughs> you know, a Jenga game when you pull uh-huh. one piece out, the whole thing kind of shifts and can topple over if you pull the wrong one out. So it's a bit like that. It's sort of like a Tetris game where you have to really be careful about where you place each um, each song. I mean, for instance, You Don't Own Me or Society's Child. Um, those are very important songs in the show. And it's it, the setup for those sh- songs are very important because to get them to land, you know, you've got to have the right uh, circumstances around them. And um, and I think, you know, Richard and Lindsay and Gabe did a wonderful job of, I mean, it is a, ju- a jukebox musical and that can present challenges sometimes. But in this case, I think they found a really great balance of um, of finding the right material for the story that they wanted to tell. And, uh, and honestly, it's, I say this to everybody, but it's worth the price of admission just for the music. The songs are awesome and you know uh like I couldn't live without your love I only want to be with you like some of those are my my favorites I play them all the time oh and in your own career and you you mentioned beautiful the Carol King musical and you playing it on Broadway talk about working with well-known songs that audience members and cast members have a preconceived notion about and then how you well you're like the, the queen of this sort of thing right now to um, bring life to them that's fresh? Well, that's a great question because it's always a balance, right? Like I, I've, I always, I've you know, talked about this endlessly with, you know, Jason Howland or, you know, Joe Church on A Sign of the Times. And uh, Joe and I, I mean, I think we're, we're all similar in certain ways that we we really want to honor the original material. And I think that's important, especially when you're playing somebody like Carol King, because people come expecting you to sound like her to a certain extent and to deliver the material that they are familiar with. And that, you know, that sense memory is really important. Like I had so many people <laughs> come to me after the show and say, oh, my gosh, I was, you know, that soundtrack was when I was at this stage of my life where I was doing this road trip with my best friend and we listened to this song endlessly. And so it means a lot to people because it represents a, a time in their lives. And I think the show is the same. So there's a lot of pressure in terms of wanting to do the material justice. Um, and then you also want to find kind of your own flavor without straying too far from the original. So Joe Church and I talk a lot and have talked a lot over the last however many years about how to do that in a way that feels fresh. So it doesn't feel like this sort of dusty old music that we're just kind of recreating, but it feels like a new version. So his orchestrations are really exciting. And then, you know, I think for two thirds of the song, I mean, this is, I'm sort of giving you my technique here, but like the first two thirds of the song, you earn the audience's trust that you know the material, that you're representing it well. And then I think you get like sort of a third to mess around with and to kind of make it your own without getting too far away from it. So it's always a delicate balance and each song is going to be a little bit different. Mm. I wonder if you, who are also a songwriter, have a different ability to have that insight in working on someone else's material and bringing your own self to it. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, I mean, I just we just released the the concept album for for my show Wild About You uh, recently, and we've got some incredible artists on that album. You know, Jesse Mueller, Jen Colella, Aisha Jackson, Cat McPhee, all of these people whom I respect deeply and tremendously as vocalists. Um, and so I think over the years, I've just learned a lot from people like that. I mean, you give Aisha Jackson a song and mm-hmm. you go, 
okay, run with it. Or Alex Newell. I mean, come on. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to, like, there are certain things that you look for and certain little signposts that I really um, want to hear as a songwriter, because that, to me, um, those are the important key moments of the song. But I'm always open to hearing an artist's interpretation of my material because nine times out of 10, they're going to come up with something that I never thought about. And that's better than what I had imagined. And that's what's so great about collaboration and working with people that you respect and you trust. And so, uh, you know, I've been lucky that people have trusted me as well um, in the past. And I just, you know, I just try to think of it from a songwriting perspective. So I don't, I try not to stray too far, like I said, but I also, you know, if, if I feel inspired by something, I mean, the trick is you always want to be able to fail in rehearsal. Like failing is actually in a very important step um, in the rehearsal process because you want to be bold enough and brave enough to make the wrong choice so that you've sort of colored outside the lines, you know, to get to where you actually want to land. Um, and so I guess I hold that very dear. Um, I try to allow people to do that when it's my stuff. And then I try to ask for the space to be able to do that when it's other people's material. Well, there's a lot to look forward to with that new album. Will you, before we wrap up, will mm -hmm. you say the title again? Yes, it's called Wild About You. And uh, it's available wherever you, you find your music. And um, <laughs> we are going to the UK uh, next month, actually, uh, to do uh, some performances on the West End, which I'm very excited about. Oh, Shalina, great. Great. Thank you. And thank you for your time with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so great to see you and to talk to you as always. I'm Lauren Class Snyder with Shalina Kennedy, starring in A Sign of the Times at New World Stages. Thank you. Thank you.